250 for a highball and a buck and a half for a beer. You are stumbling into just the greatest type of edition of the Taken All Wrong podcast that we can imagine, which is the Axe stayed in Minneapolis this time, those dirty, dirty badgers. Headed east on I-94, and they left the axe behind, uh, and I'm just watching on the uh, old ESPN replay here, watching the team gather around the, the axe and go after it in that open end zone, and <clears throat> what a what a time to be alive. As always, I am your host, J.D. Mill. Man, Saturday night had these great uh, aspirations of doing a doing a podcast this week with with uh, MV and with Ben Dawson and we had this thing planned out we were going to do something and you know in the excitement of the moment I completely forgot that uh, I have to travel for work this week and anyways so uh, you get to hear my um, uh, still recovering voice uh, solo this week but wanted to 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 give a little uh, some thoughts I guess uh, from from my scattered brain about Saturday, uh, just absolutely incredible. Um, I first of all, um, you know, just what a gr- first of all, weather wise, what a great day Saturday was, uh, to be able to have that, you know, cool weather, obviously, and needing to stay warm, but not have the precipitation, not have it be too cold, um, have the sunshine. It was just a great day. It was a great tailgate. Uh, for me personally, got to see more people. Uh, in a single uh, go for Saturday than I have uh, this year because of so many 11 o'clock kickoffs and um, everything else that was going on. So it was so awesome to to just see everybody and, and see everybody out. And man, the campus was just buzzing. Um, we started out our day at uh, East River Flats and then walked over to um, Lot 37 and there were tons of people out. Uh, lots of maroon and gold. Obviously, there was plenty of Wisconsin fans, but the maroon and gold was uh, crazy strong, and the tailgate lots were absolutely on fire. I mean, just packed, uh, as we used to say in the restaurant business, asshole to elbow, and uh, everybody having a good time, everybody excited, uh, looking forward to the game, um, and just what an awesome atmosphere, what a great college football Saturday. It's exactly what you want. And then for the game to go the way it did, I mean, Gove's having a, you know, little trouble, uh, finishing the drive early seven and a half minute drive, end up with a field goal followed by, I think it was a over a 10 minute drive for Wisconsin. We were into the second quarter. Uh, before the second drive of the game finished. I mean, just kind of exactly the type of game you'd expect from Minnesota and Wisconsin at this point. And, uh, and then uh, for the Gophers to, in the second half, come out and, and be a little bit aggressive. And, um, you know, just an, just an awesome day. I do want to <laughs> relay a really funny story. We were in the tailgate lot before the game, and I was talking with uh, a friend of the pod, uh, Stacy, her uncle, Uncle John. Shout out to Uncle John, who listens to the podcast every week. And he was telling me, he goes, "Boy, I just, you know, I kept telling Stacy, I, I, uh, I like that guy's podcast. I like what he has to say, but man, he drinks a lot." And uh, sure enough. I think she said it was Saturday before they headed out to the game. He was listening to an old Top Pod episode 
on his phone and she said, boy, you sounded drunk. And well, sure enough, uh, Uncle John was listening to Top Hot on half speed. Uh, so yours truly sounded drunker than normal, I guess. And I said to him at the tailgate, first of all, uh, when I got done laughing, was, "Hey, let's have a couple more beers and see how it how it pans out. Let's let's see how it compares." So, uh, Uncle John, if you're listening, uh, make sure that you're listening uh, in 1.0x time. If you're on halftime, uh, or maybe just you want to draw it out, who knows? But shout out to uh, to Uncle John. That was uh, that was a pretty pretty funny experience, but. Um, you know, before the game, I was I was feeling slightly optimistic this week, and I don't really know why. Um, I just part of me thinks I just wasn't ready to. I just didn't have it in me to to have a negative Thanksgiving week. I, I don't know exactly what it was, but I had a little bit of positivity, and but you know, I was I was at the tailgate lot Saturday morning and I'm standing there and I'm listening to the the regular, you know, the the usual suspects. We're all chatting about the game and you know, MV's there and Frothy's there and Ben Dawson is there and Matt Bott and Chelsea and I mean the whole crew's there. We're talking about the game and I'm listening to everybody talk about how we're gonna get boat raced and how we're, all the reasons we're going to lose this game. And then uh, Frothy Gopher and I were standing in line for the Biffy. And he said, what do you think today? And I said, I think we win. And he was like, really? Why? And I said, because in 2019, I sat in the tailgate lot and I listened to the same group talk about how we were going to beat Wisconsin, why we we're going we're to beat Wisconsin, and we got beat. And I said, today I stood and listened to that same group talk about all the reasons that we were going to get beat. So I'm now more convinced than ever that we win this game. Uh, and frankly, the other reason was I just don't have it in me to spend that beautiful of a day with so many of my friends looking forward to a college football game. I don't have it in me to anymore to just have that kind of dread. I would just rather have positivity and uh, told a few other people that and uh, I, I had no I had no good reason for that optimism other than being a little bit contrarian to to how things have been in the past but uh but man if it didn't if it didn't turn out that way um so just an incredible day have to of course give a huge shout out to the student section uh man those guys all season i mean obviously 2019 kind of primed the pump for this and last year not getting to go i'm sure they were geared up but the student section was on fire all year um and Saturday was no exception, really setting the tone uh, for the rest of the fan base. And then to add to that, the way that the uh, production team, and I don't know if it's a, a bank, the TCF Bank Stadium, or I guess it's Huntington Bank Stadium now. Um, I don't know if it's a, a production crew or what it is, but the way they handled the game day atmosphere and the incessant media timeouts uh, and just making sure that they didn't lose the crowd um, through all of those media timeouts with the sing-alongs. Um, I mean, it was absolutely incredible. I, I was shocked by how, I shouldn't say shocked, but they really did an incredible job of keeping the team, or keeping the crowd in the game. And we think back to 
You guys, if you think back to like 2016, I, that was Tracy Clay's year. I mean, the bank was a, a morgue. I mean, it was absolutely, game days were boring. I don't know what it was, but they have really done a great job. And this game in particular, I mean, it was it was so much fun. And you, you could stand the entire game. And even during the media timeouts, it was like, there's something to stand for. There's something to get up for. Uh, it was just awesome. So huge shout out to the student section and the production crew or whoever it is that puts together um, the game day atmosphere and the music and everything. Uh, that was that was incredible. Just an incredible job. And then, of course, the the cherry on top, uh, the icing, the after dinner cocktail. I mean, just the absolute uh, coup de gras of this entire experience is everybody rushing the field, right? Everybody's on the field going nuts. And then all of a sudden you hear Jamie, the PA announcer, pipe up and say, ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention? And then for jump around to drop at that moment and to see the entire field of maroon and gold just jumping up and down in waves uh, to that song that we just feel like we've been tormented to uh, so many times. A song that for many of us kind of grew up on that song in, uh, you know, in high school and college years. And then it was ripped from our grasp by those dirty, dirty badgers in their post third quarter uh, stupid tradition. And for us to be able to take it back just for that one evening, uh, that was incredible. I I'll say this too. Uh, I was at Stub and Herbs with my cousin uh, after the game in the beer garden. The DJ there played Jump Around and everybody, Wisconsin and Minnesota fans together, were all jumping around enjoying it. Uh, and I went up to a Wisconsin fan and uh, said, hey man, respect for you know, still enjoying yourself after what happened. And he said, screw it, Ohio State lost. So uh, that was not the reaction I was expecting, but super cool that uh, that we could kind of take that that little piece back, uh, at least for a little while. Uh, but now here, now that the game's over, I hope we can all agree that uh, we have to go back to not listening to that song and uh, hating that song and turning it off. But what an incredible uh, uh, cherry on top. Um, as far as, uh, being able to finish up that game and, and for the crowd to really enjoy it, that was absolutely spectacular. So, um, from a game perspective itself, I, I'm probably, I, I, I'm not going to have too much to say that the other, uh, podcasts that do a much better job of breaking down X's and O's, uh, won't have already said, I think from a game plan standpoint on the offensive side of the ball, you did what you had to do. I mean, we threw enough to keep uh keep them honest you know the big plays and to be able to take advantage um i think i heard something i know we had multiple uh explosive plays i want to say like seven or eight i'd have to look at it for sure but um you know obviously a lot of that uh in the passing game tanner morgan um threw the ball well 11 to 16 199 yards the touchdown to crab obviously the interception uh, the pick six was a huge bummer, and early in the game, that was a very, uh, oh, here we go again moment. 
for the Gophers then to uh, get another field goal after that and go into halftime down 10 to 6, you know, felt felt a little concerning at that point, um, obviously, but, um, you know, uh, PJ Fleck was finally able to exercise the uh, demon of not being able to win a game when losing or, or when down at halftime. He did that earlier this year against Purdue. Um, and, and again, so, you know, 2019, I was the, it's different now guy. And I continue to feel like, uh, as much as things sometimes seem like they stay the same in Minnesota, obviously the loss to Bowling Green and the loss to Illinois are, are, uh, on, on top of mind when thinking about same old, same old, but at the same time, I do still feel like so much is different and, and so many of those old demons continue to um, sort of get rooted out of the attic. And, um, you know, you've got your you got your gophers with the axe in Minneapolis. But again, sorry, back to the, the game, uh, you know, Tanner Morgan played well. He's been pretty maligned this year. Uh, that pick six, you know, coming off of a tip, not totally his fault, but, you know, seems like the, the tips for Morgan um, have been an issue this year. Uh, running backs, I mean, frankly, they struggled, but they were going to, right? I mean, that Wisconsin defense is really, really good, really good against the run. So Kai Thomas, 18 carries for 55 yards. Uh, Bucky Irving, uh, 12 for 39 yards. Um, you know, again, grinding it out, getting yards when we needed to, timely plays, when we needed them, uh, they were part of that. Tanner really, I mean, all, I mean, Span Ford, Bucky, Ottman Bell, Dalen Wright, Daniel Jackson, Mike Brown Stevens. I mean, everybody got into the game, but I think a big thing a lot of people are talking about, and obviously I would agree, the emergence of Brevin Span Ford um, over the last few games here. And, and he was huge, um, obviously, in this win over Wisconsin. And then, you know, our offense scored 23 points. You could arguably say we scored 30 because of Tanner's uh, pick six uh, throw. But that is the thing that I keep coming back to is this defense. This defense only giving up six points. Um, and again, the Badgers are no uh, juggernaut offense. And we knew that coming in. But you still assume that they're going to be able to move the ball. They've been running the ball much better. Um, I think Braylon Allen, if I'm not mistaken, if you're not aware, he's 17 years old, should have been getting ready for prom, blah, 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 blah. I think he came in with over a thousand yards uh, in the last seven games, he's averaging over a hundred yards. Gophers hold him to 47 yards on the ground. I think they popped him pretty good early. They were tackling low that you have to, uh, like you have to on a big guy. And I think he got turned up a little bit. Just didn't really seem to be himself. Their running game just never got going. Uh, Passing-wise, I mean, uh, unbelievably, Wisconsin threw the ball 38 times and only ran 22. So they absolutely flipped the script on what their balance in this particular game would be. Um, And the Gophers just handled it, man. They just took care of it. Um, Big stops when we needed them. Um, you know, obviously, uh, some fourth down stops. I mean, just, just an unbelievable showing by Joe Rossi's team abs- or side of the ball, absolutely showing why he's a Broyles award finalist and, uh, oh baby, I hope, uh, we can find a way to get him some more money because, uh, he's 
potential to be a hot commodity uh, in the offseason. But just a great game from the defense. One thing I do want to talk about is, you know, there's kind of been this, there was kind of this thing going into Iowa and going into Wisconsin where everybody was saying, you can't play the kind of game that we want to play, which is run, 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 run. Um, you can't play that. You have to be more aggressive. You have to do some creative things. You have to get them off balance. And we we tried to do that against Iowa. Obviously, didn't work out down at Kinnick. It worked out here against the Badgers. Um, we did it. We started to do it a little bit more versus Indiana. So, you know, you could see that there was beginning to be an evolution of the offense a little bit heading into this game and how we were going to do things a little bit differently. Here's what I would say to that. And, you know, I know that it's been a big topic of conversation this year about PJ Flex conservative nature. And I am absolutely believe that that is why we lost to Bowling Green and that is why we lost to Illinois. Just way too conservative. um, Trying to go in and just muscle somebody um, and it doesn't work. And here's the thing, like, we all, we're always saying like, we have to beat our rivals and the way we beat our rivals is to be aggressive and you have to go after them. You can't take your foot off the gas and you can't be passive. Well, here's the deal. Not only are Iowa and Wisconsin our rivals, but if you look at our schedule year in and year out, Iowa and Wisconsin are two of the three or four best teams we play every year. And guess what? If it's good enough to beat those guys, it's good enough to beat everybody else on the schedule too. So the fact that we're going to be a team, and this is in retrospect, and the fact that we would be a team that would decide to only be aggressive in those games where we feel like we need to be, and then think that we can play some other style against everybody else and can just turn it on. Thank goodness we were beginning to dial it up here the end of the season, but I just don't understand why the mentality that you have, that you know you have, you clearly know you have it because of the way you approached this final game against Wisconsin and how different that offense looked versus most of the rest of the season. I do not believe that there's a situation where you go, well, it's good enough to beat these guys, but we're going to do something else the rest of the season. I understand that conservative nature, but the results would show you that something different needs to be done. And if it's good enough to beat two or three of the uh, two of the three or four best teams on your schedule every single season, why wouldn't it be good enough for the rest of the year? So we can hope all we want that PJ Fleck is beginning to understand this and maybe changing his best. And maybe we do something a little bit different. Um, we'll see what happens now with Mike Sanford. I know that there was a lot of hand-wringing about him throughout the season and um, really feeling like he should be let go. Sure showed that he's got the ability to put together the right kind of game plan and creativity to beat our best te- the, the best teams on our schedule and, and to beat our rivals. Will, it, will he stick around? Will the mentality going forward change? Will we be more aggressive when we're in these non-rivalry games? Because we, we frankly, we know it works. And then we've got this new wrinkle. You know, everybody was sort of down on Tanner Morgan this year, but guess what? 
Guy gets it done, does what he needs to do. We know coach, risk averse. He's going to go with the guy that's probably not going to hurt you too much. Tanner throws that pick six, but that's that's pretty unusual for him. Coming off a tip ball, not exactly his fault. Great play by Wisconsin. But Tanner's coming back. <laughs> Sixth year senior next year. We know Jacob Clark is transferring out. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear of another quarterback or two, maybe like an Anikstead, unfortunately, transferring out. We don't know that, but, you know, we go into next year, you've got Tanner back. We know Moe's going to come back and be coming off that tough injury. So you're going to have some pieces back in play that are sort of the, the old school, but at the same time, has this team, has the coach, has the coaching staff realized Okay, we've got the juice, we've got the players, we've got the ability to put together the kind of game plan that we can win these games. Are we ready to sort of turn the chapter and uh, turn the page and put put the put our foot on the gas a little bit more starting next year? Do the coaching staff trust Tanner to do that, or is it going to be an actual open competition with Athen Kalimanakis? Sorry. I don't have it in front of me. I'm completely butchering the uh, freshman quarterback's name. Heard, heard a little bit behind the scenes that he's been really good in practices. Probably part of the reason Jacob Clark is leaving. But is there going to be an open competition next year? Who knows? Anyways, I digress. I should not do that at this point because this is about celebrating a huge win. Uh, first of all, huge win because we need to beat our rivals. That's just, PJ Flex done a lot of really, really good things here, but the hump that he hasn't been able to quite get over yet is, you know, being consistent against the rivals. He's now uh, two and three against Wisconsin. So, okay, that we're, we're getting it done there a little bit. It's a little bit more respectable. The next step is Iowa. The next step is, is taking care of Kirk Ferentz's team. The next step after that is, taking care of both Iowa and Wisconsin in the same season and and winning the West. And that's kind of the next step. So I think we probably knew that that was going to be the hardest step of all of this um, because even as we get better, Wisconsin and Iowa are going to continue to be Wisconsin and Iowa, and they're going to continue to, to push the envelope. But I've kind of always said way back to my – Gopher football blog and Fire Glen Mason blog. And I've always said, you know, we're not going to be, we're, we're not going to be the Illinois or the Illinois of the world. Wow. We're not going to be the Ohio States and the Michigans and the, the Penn States of the world. But there's no reason we can't be in a scenario where we're on par with Iowa and Wisconsin, where we're consistently cranking out eight win seasons, nine win seasons, and then every two, three, four years, we win the West, uh, go to the Big Ten Championship, contend for uh, a Big Ten title. There's no reason we can't be at that level. And I think that another thing that this game does get gets us to that eight wins, gets us to that point where you look back and you go, boy, we, we missed some opportunities. Obviously, losing to Bowling Green in Illinois. I mean, come on. The same team that we just watched on Saturday. 
couldn't score more than two field goals against Illinois and couldn't score more than 10 points against Bowling Green. I mean, that's a he- I'm literally scratching my head right now. Um, but the point is, is like this game, in addition to getting the axe and beating a rival, it gets us to that eight wins, which I sort of feel like is... I don't want to say it's the floor. It should be the floor for PJ Fleck teams. Obviously, there's going to be, you know, a rebuilding year here and there and whatnot. But I feel like if Fleck is here for the long term, this is sort of the minimum that we should expect. We should expect to get to conference championship week and be looking back at an eight-win season one way or another. Um, And so I think that this is just a, a stepping stone towards that. Next step. Uh, the bowl game, which we'll find out about, uh, I believe, on Sunday this week. Um, and we know that this staff uh, is is pretty good. We don't know about offensively, I guess, uh, but we know Matt Simon was a part of uh, game plan in the Auburn game. But we know that overall this staff is pretty dang good when they've got an extended period of time to be able to get ready uh, for an opponent. Um, so whoever we play... In the bowl game, I think I'll feel pretty good about. Um, so that'll that'll be awesome. So again, sorry, it's just uh, my uh, my weak droning, uh, raspy, um, asthma riddled voice that you're you're hearing this week. I was hoping to expand it out a little bit. I hope that everybody listening to this had an awesome time on Saturday, wherever you were. I hope you got an opportunity to storm the field if you wanted or do what I did and just kind of sit there and take it all in. Um, Shout out to my buddy Hobbs, who I believe is hobbled on a kind of a broken ankle going over the wall. I hope everybody was safe. Hobbs, heal up, buddy. Uh, But man, what what a good time to be a Gopher fan. Uh, winning the axe, it's like 2018, man. You win the axe to end that season. Uh, the outlook is completely different, completely different. Uh, so we can debate through the off season about all kinds of different things, but for now, we've got the axe, we've got an eight win team, uh, and we've got a team that should go to a decentish bowl. It's sounding like probably Nashville or Las Vegas at this point, uh, but we shall see. So again, hope you're all enjoying it. If you work with, live with, are friends with, neighbors with, folks who are Wisconsin fans, rub it in. Live it up. Enjoy it. This is our time. Their time is over. This is our time. So, again, uh, thank you so much for listening. Sorry it's been a few weeks, but thanks for sticking with us if you have. Love it if you would uh, tell your friends about Topod. We'll see if things keep going. We'll see how things keep going. But we'll try to get Ben and uh, MV on here in the coming weeks. And maybe we do a little season retrospective. So click them and drink them. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Again, appreciate you listening and passing along the good word of Topod. Jeffrick would tell us to stay classy. I will remind you to row the boat. Go Gophers. Sky you mountain.